everyone, and welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your podcast all about manifesting, reality-bending feathers, and what I'd argue is probably the most emo 28-year-old teenager ever. We even have a literal teenager on the show. He is not as much a teenager as our adult teenager, uh, Gideon, here. I am obsessed with teenager, not teenager, Gideon. He reminds me of what I must imagine going to a good Charlotte concert is now that all those men are in their 40s. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. We're the old ones now. We're the old ones. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I also, this guy is only like a little bit younger than you and I are, like currently. Yeah. So, which I don't know why that. I don't know what it is. I'm in some sort of weird age thing where, like, when I find out how old people are, I, like, clock my own age and just, like, normalize it to be like, okay, well, where are we? Like, and I don't know why. I don't know why that, this one made me go, hmm, interesting. (laughs) Well, everybody, this episode is season six, episode 11, Tougher Than the Rest, which continues a very strange trajectory of the showrunners naming episodes after like old Bruce Springsteen songs. They do this a ridiculous amount of times to the point where like a lot like tougher than the rest of the situation does not make sense. Like braver than the rest is the Pinocchio thing. Tougher than the rest is not. Who needs the to rest be tough? Of who? who? The rest of who? Yeah. Who are we tougher than? Did we miss something? Was there some sort of like whatever? Uh, which is funny because, yeah, it is named in the wiki. Like, I'd be like, oh, we named it after Bruce Springsteen's time because he's a fan. Okay. I, none of this happened in A Tunnel of Love, which is the name of the album it's from. None of this happened in 1987. Bruce Springsteen is never invoked. This is just like if I run a show and all of them were just named, named Bye Bye Bye. Episode two, It's Gonna Be Me. Episode two, three, Tearing at My Heart. <laughs> like... I mean, those would check. Bye 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 would be a great epi- uh, episode title. What an amazing pilot name. Just like, just <laughs> out bye, of nowhere. Bye Bye Bye. bye, bye. Like, uh, really sailing well, it down the river. So this episode is directed by Gilly, uh, Billy Gearhart, but it was also written by the showrunners. So they are back two episodes in a row. I'm guessing they're also going to be uh, doing the next one, Murder Most Foul, which mm. is a great episode title. But yeah, so this is clearly a storyline that that the showrunners care a lot about. So just take that to heart. I I don't listen, and I'm not gonna try to bag on it for too long. But something about now knowing that the writers wrote this, I wonder if they gave them all the direction to just really, absolutely ham it the hell up. This had such a like high school play performance for every line. Mm-hmm. They were all talking so strangely and in a weird Henry. Most of all, I feel like the moment I noticed Henry was talking strangely on the top of the horse in the weird brass uh, armor. I just couldn't stop noticing everyone talking in such weird English, like English, English, but not English, English. Except Robert Carlyle, who just kept dropping into his Scottish accent like every other scene. I love the the you can clock how how much he starts leaving based on how much Scottish slips in 
to his yeah. uh, performance. So we're actually going to start this episode a little different. We're going to start in media res. Okay. Uh, we're going to start at the end of the episode. And there's a reason Excellent. for this. Okay. So the day has been saved. Gideon has been defeated. Although he's, he's still around. This very serious climactic battle that we've been gearing up toward for an entire half season ended in about 20 seconds, which is great. And we're that's awesome. But then this scene happens between Gold and Bell. Okay. And they're at the well. And they're tra- they're talking about their son's future. Mm-hmm. And Bell is talking about how Rumpel wanted to keep Gideon tied to his fate. And then Rumpel's like, well, I didn't originally want to do that, but then I did. And then Belle starts talking about the mistakes she's made as if there's any comparison to Rumpel. And it's a weird scene, right? I, yeah, there's a very bizarre, awful scene. I don't like awful, but not like gut-wrenchingly awful, just like bad. So here's the thing, and this is why I wanted to talk about it now. Okay. This scene is referencing a subplot in this episode that was completely erased. What? Yes. And I will, I will, I'm going to talk about it in the episode, so we, like, chronologically, so we can digest the, one, the WTFery of this subplot, and the thank God it was removed because it was a bad subplot. And two, we can also recognize that without it, this last scene makes no sense. But it's supposed to gear up everything we understand about Gideon's story moving forward. And it's I, missing a giant chunk. God, that makes a lot. Of, like, I don't even know what it is. I will just say right now, it does make a lot of sense that something's missing. Because the whole time I'm like, none of this tracks... And I mm-hmm. feel like the way that they're discussing things does. And so, and I'm just going to ask ahead of time, does this happen between before the weird, like dad, son, chest puffing push match that happens in the woods later? Does it happen before or after that? Both. There, there's multiple scenes. Oh, it's not. Oh, it's multiple scenes. Yes, and I tried oh, to find them on YouTube. I couldn't find them. Like I said, it is a full subplot. It's three scenes, actually four scenes. Four scenes worth of content was oh. erased from this episode. I'm one. I have to wonder if originally they wanted this to be a a longer episode, like an hour and a half thing, yeah. or a two hour, or maybe it was going to be tied in with episode 12, and they're going to do this big movie type thing. And then at the very last minute, for whatever reason, that just got canned, and they had to cut this whole subplot. Um, but again, okay. interesting. it's good that they did, because it's bonkers and stupid. <laughs> and oh. I bet it didn't perform very well. But I just wanted to bring that up, and that's why I wanted to start at the very end, because this subplot even though it's gone, it's still important and informative for the trajectory of the episode and also the trajectory of our screaming at the sun about what they're doing to Belle because Belle's storyline in this episode, there's no excuse, especially from the showrunners. Correct. That's, uh, yeah, correct. You're right. So we're going to go ahead and start in the wish realm, Abby. We're going to, we're, we're stuck we're, we're, we're getting the jewels 
Our portal has disappeared. There's no hope for us, except in about 20 seconds, there will be hope. And then we'll be fine. I, this whole first scene, again, like I said, I think if you, now if we like reframe this whole episode as like a high school production of the episode, it's way funnier. (laughs) Especially the witch whelm thing. Because, okay, so what happens here? What what happened in the end of the last episode is that the magic bean was thrown down. A portal has opened up. Emma's like, Regina, we gotta go. But Regina is caught off guard because Robin of Loxley has appeared. He is he is holding a bow and arrow. He is like, ladies, I'm going to need all of your jewelry. Fantastic, thank you. I got I have I have so many questions. The only one that I'm gonna ask is there is no tree nearby. Do you think that this man just like walked up, saw them, and was like, oh cool. Like he had no he wasn't like stalking them. But he was, like, in full vision. Like, they were like, oh, good. Here's an open place. But there's a full man walking down the beach towards them. Like. I would say Emma and Regina don't necessarily have the best uh, peripheral vision when they're focused on something. So I wouldn't put it past them to just not even notice a guy just walking up to him from the distance. Yeah. They didn't even really notice Rumpel until after, like, Sheriff of Nottingham was yeeted out of existence. Um, <laughs> so Robin uh, robs them uh, of 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 their jewelry and stuff. He's just like pointing a bow and arrow at them. Guys, a bow and arrow is a ranged weapon. There is no reason you should be being robbed from a man standing right in front of you with a bow and arrow. You just kind of push him. He can't do anything if you kind of push him a little. Like, you just push the arrow out of your face. Just boop. Like, it's not a gun. It, it's dangerous. I'll give, It's pointy. But, like, it's a ranged weapon. Just get inside the guard. Just step in. <laughs> Emma's got a sword. Regina has fireballs. And she doesn't have her evil <laughs> magic cuff yet because we get another magic cuff in this episode. <laughs> But yeah, he, she, they're like, yeah, cool. Here's the jewelry. Emma doesn't care because none of this jewelry is hers. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Regina's just handing over jewelry she put on this morning. Just imagine. She's just like, this morning, Regina woke up. She made herself some coffee. She went upstairs, put on her like Sergeant Pepper outfit that she's wearing this whole episode and was like, I'm going to wear this jewelry, this necklace that no one sees, but I'm going to ba- basically be able to take it off very quickly. That's me nitpicking. So we've robbed Robin. Uh, and he's just like, oh, cool. The evil queen's back. And she's like, oh my God, you're happy without me. And he's like, uh, what's happening now? Oh, gotta go. People are coming. Uh, because Henry and two, two or three knights with him, uh, come up on the beach. So Emma and Regina just like crouch badly near a tree (laughs) that has fallen down. And they're like, Emma is in all white glistening fur and satin her hair shines like the moon and she's just fully visible like henry henry's so bad at this he's he is terrible at this he i don't think he necessarily wants to find them i think he's like oh sweet i get to do (laughs) he's like it's like he's playing a video game he's like he 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 picked the renegade option once and he's like, oh, now I can just do this whenever. Well, yeah, you definitely, I think everyone goes through that phase with like a game where they're like, you can pick a good or evil track. Like you obviously do the like, and then I killed everybody. Yeah. 
But then you're like, oh, this kind of, this kind of sucks. I kind of wish I could just buy stuff without being run out of the shop. Oh, I'll go back and play normal. I guess. <laughs> oh, I guess I'll be nice. I guess I'll, I'll be, be nice. A- I'll feel guilty because everyone's disappointed in me, even though they're not real people. Uh, So Wish Realm Henry is just like, it's, again, Henry is talking very strangely. His, his, I about said lyrics, his lines are strange and the way he's delivering them, he's trying to deliver them like he is a man 10 years older than himself. Like he is trying to deliver them with more grandiose mm-hmm. than the lines deserve. I believe that he could have done this if the lines were better. But it is such like, I tried to write my own lines in Shakespeare vibe. Where he's just like, we must find her away. What? Yeah. You, you'd think he wouldn't be like, I'll make her pay for what she did to my grandparents. Like, if he was truly like a knight and a prince, he would be talking about the death of the king and queen. Like, he would be speaking in very grandiose terms to inspire this larger than life quest that he is now set upon himself and upon his people to, you know, get the revenge. Uh, I would also like to point out that Wish Realm, Snow, and Charming suck uh, because they have groomed neither of these two, not uh, not Wish Realm Emma before she came to, or Wish Realm Henry, to take the throne. Nope. Neither of them seem prepared to do anything other than pick weird um, forest flowers. Yeah, Henry just char- kind of wants to like point poke stuff with his sword. Charming and Snow are like, we're never going to die. Yeah, we're going to live forever. Long may we reign. Like they 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 were going for their their Queen Elizabeth track. So they Henry and his knights ride off. They're like cuz Henry's like, "Uh, oh, they've crossed the river. How fast do you think they crossed that river, my guy?" Oh my goodness. Did you I feel like Prince Henry also did that thing where, like, he didn't go hunting. They just sort of, like, pushed a deer in his way, you know, and then he got to hunt that <laughs> yeah. deer. And he was like, I am such a great huntsman. Marvel at my beauty. Um, anyway, so we go on. A, they're like, we have to get out of here. And then they go. And then they find <gasps> Pinocchio, who is somehow getting all of his lines from the guy who wrote Henry's lines. I couldn't take him seriously in this episode i feel really bad because the actor is so much better than this it's everything is so much but like why was he talking like this why were his lines that like why didn't he just talk that's the thing that blows my mind why didn't they just talk didn't henry just talk like wish realm henry didn't he just man sure wish dad was here and now he's on a horse being like, wow, we must away. They have crossed the river. They will pay and we must get my mother back. The princess. Wah. It's like, why? And then so obviously uh, Pinocchio is also doing this. Ah, Emma, you have, you have come. He's talking like an NPC that you've wandered into a tavern. Welcome, kind traveler. What do you look for? Well, I think they were trying to, you know, this is the what if. This is the what if I world know. of what if Pinocchio hadn't been sent in the wardrobe and what if he'd been able to grow up with his papa and, you know, do his whole, like, be be the wood guy and do live his little pastoral fantasy. He still, like, would be a, a bit of a shit because August slash Pinocchio was a bit of a shit. <laughs> 
I I so listen in the I, best in the best no, 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 way. No, 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 you're correct. But I I would like to point out that I love the like it's a wonderful life vibe that we're getting from the wish realm of being like Emma, if you weren't the savior, everyone's loved one is dead. <laughs> Belle dead. August's dad dead. Uh who else is dead? Uh Marion dead. Like everybody that anyone loves in this is dead. Like obviously Marion is supposed to like her she is fated to die, but Belle isn't dead regular and then uh, in the regular timeline, and we hear at the end of the episode, uh, Geppetto is still very much alive. <laughs> like, why did well, he? Yeah, but he was an old dude. Like, he would he would have died I, of natural causes no, in the I wish understand. realm. He would have been old as dirt. No, no, and I get that, but like, he was an alcoholic in Storybrooke and still made it farther than the happily ever after. I'm going to use air quotes here with with. Uh, still talk, stilted talking. Because he was frozen in time. He, no, like that. no, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's, no one aged in Storybrooke for twenty years. That's why Snow and Charming are so old in the Wish Realm because hey, they stop, actually. Stop except who? <laughs> I'm talking logic into it. I but know. You know who hasn't aged? It's Robin. Robin has no. Robin has not aged. Rob, Emma, so Emma, I'm sorry, Emma goes and talks to Pinocchio and they're having this whole conversation. And in one scene, Regina is there and she's like, absolutely, I'm totally down with this. And Emma's like, okay, hey, I got another question, Pinocchio, and looks for Regina and Regina is gone, but has penned a page and a half letter. <laughs> How did, when did she have time to do that? I have no idea, but it was my favorite. It, it felt like a gag where it was like, yeah, Regina. Anyway, wait, Regina, what did you, wait, where the hell did she go? And then it, she just pulls up a piece of paper. My, my dearest Emma, I apologize for such short notice, but I must away. I must find out how Robin felt. So she finds Robin. Okay. Regina goes off. She finds Robin. She, she has to find out that if Robin is truly happier without her. Which is a toxic thing to do, and I fully support it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She finds him. Uh, They immediately get captured, and they just sit in like one of those like weird prison cage things that they sometimes they're fully walled, you know, like when they don't want snow to see charming. But sometimes they're just like these open air like animal cages. That they just make them sit crisscross applesauce inside of. Um, and I'm obsessed with her doing that in her Sergeant Pepper outfit. Like, she's just sitting there like she was told at a PTA meeting to pull up a carpet square. Like, okay. Story time. And Robin, uh, Robin basically tells her, he's like, yeah, I'm living my absolute best life. I've never been happier. Mm-hmm. Everything about me is great. Yay me. Amazing. I rob from the rich and I give to the me. It's I, like the best system. I rob from the rich. And that's the end of the sentence. <laughs> I'm done. I love it. Love that for me. Uh, Marion, dead. So dead. I don't do Jack. I'm awful. And before they can really unpack any of that, uh, <laughs> the, the gentleman who has captured them is yeeted into yeeted. the next continent. Yes. <laughs> He's just like, save me and gone. That man doesn't exist anymore. He wish realmed into a different wish realm. 
And it is, and Virginia's like, oh, I know this guy. He's on our side. No, he's not. Because it's Rumpel. And Rumpel shows up with, listen, this is the Rumpel I want, okay? I want the Rumpel that has been wronged, who is mad, who has no redeeming qualities whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I don't want to know anything about his past. Maybe, hey, he lost his son, and we can maybe sympathize a little bit. But also, he's certifiably uh, cuckoo bananas, like the clinical term of cuckoo bananas. I want that Rumpel. I miss that version of Rumpel. I don't want, I know too much. This version of Rumpel does show up and he's just like, hey, you, you locked up my girlfriend and I'm super mad about it. He's, she's like, oh, but I put her in the tower. And then he just dumps a pile of bones on the ground. I love this. This was amazing. <laughs> she's like, Belle, no, she bones. <laughs> yeah, because he could have just told her. But why tell her when you can pick up your your dead girlfriend's remains into a baggie, carry them all the way, yeah, and show? Full, yeah, bones. just listen, listen. Rumpel um, does what this show doesn't want to do, and he shows and doesn't tell. He like you know what I mean. Like he wants to make mm-hmm. sure that you understand the full because unhinged Rumpel is also a very dramatic diva Rumpel and I love that Mm -hmm. it's my it's always been my favorite quality of Rumpel and so he's like no I need you to understand I like I I like the idea that wish realm bell isn't actually dead like these are just random bones he found he went to the wrong room (laughs) I wouldn't put it past him (laughs) like just he dumps out a bunch of stuff and Regina looks at it and she's like these are cow bones were you in the barn (laughs) what are you these are burned this is from a fire what's happening and he's like i need to make you pay because you are in front of me again love this logic so he throws them this part is the part that doesn't make sense he just throws them unguarded into a room that robin can then later very easily pick which i don't buy yeah whatever and it's it's one of those like oh you assume he's playing 4D chess he did this on purpose because that's what he did with Belle and the baby. Ah, uh, that's fair. Uh, in that's the fair. Previous episode, but he didn't. That's not what happened because they no. just go. Uh, so yeah, because then they have this like kind of like heart to heart moment where he's just he's she's like, listen, I'm from a different place. I'm from a different time. I knew a version of you. You guys looked exactly the same. Super smoking. You both have the same tattoo. Love that. Uh, uh, but he did die, and you are here, so... Uh, Can I hit that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you don't have anybody that you love at all near you? Interesting. Me neither. Do you want to go on vacation with me? <laughs> to, like, another reality. It's yeah. super It's super chill. Like, let's just get out of here for now, because, like, I love the idea that, like, a moment of hope sparked in this version of uh, Robin, and he was like, I'm going to get laid, Watch this and rips a nail out of the siding and picks the lock. He's like, I'm going to get, I got to go. (laughs) We, we will survive this. I'm not, I'm not going to die today. Today I will not die. Um, It's my favorite line from, I think it's from the movie Serenity. uh, When, when Kaylee realized that she's like, oh, I'm fixing to live. That's the version of Robin I just saw. So they escape. <laughs> they escape. Yes. Uh, thanks to Emma and Pinocchio, because Pinocchio has realized that there is another magic tree, uh, even though Yay. in the other version, in the original version, uh, there was only one tree. So where 
how did they get another tree is the question. And how is it so big? Another question. Are we going to ponder about this? No, we're going to move on with our lives because Pinocchio has a chisel. And a chisel is enough to fix a tree and turn it magic. Listen, this is the kind of toxic person I want to be. I want to live in the Enchanted Forest and just lie to people constantly. There's only one tree. There's a f- there's a forest of these trees. <laughs> there's only this one magic bean. I got a whole bag full of them. Like, just you're just constant. Everyone's a grifter. You don't want anyone to know. It's like, um, I don't know what the version of... Um, like, you, you grew up in a different side of the country than I did. But up here in the soggy part of the Midwest, uh, you can go hunting for mushrooms. No one will tell you where they find their mushrooms. Like, people leave their mushroom locations to people in their wills. They don't tell people because then they go and they take their mushrooms. It's like a good fishing spot. You don't tell anybody your good fishing spot because then everyone's going to show up and turn your good fishing spot into crap. So that's where it was mushrooms. I think that's the way that it is with magic beans and magic trees. You don't tell anybody that there's more than mm-hmm. one that you know more more than you uh, need to. That's what I would like to think. But it's the fairy, the blue fairy who keeps doing... Maybe, like, Rumple is onto something with his whole recent but everlasting hatred of fairies. I... I'm fully aligned with Rumple on the uh, the fairies are up to something. No one's sure what it is. Probably least of all the fairies, but <laughs> Gaslight Gatekeep Fairy Boss. Fairy Boss. <laughs> uh, but no, there is another tree, and then there's only like one special chisel that we can use. Um, and then like I don't know, August has to use the power of love and belief in mm-hmm. himself to get through it, but he can't do it. And in his moment of sadness. They are disarmed. Yes. Uh, by, a, by a gentleman who's down in his luck. He's having a hard time. Uh, the only person in this episode, I think, having a good time at all, Colin O'Donohue, who's shown up as what I'm going to call washed up Hook. Washed up Killian Jones, uh, who has the most busted gray wig I've ever seen. <laughs> And the most busted fake belly, like just everything about it is so bad and so cheap, but I kind of have to respect it yeah. a little bit more for how busted and bad it looks. And I did read that apparently there's like in the blooper reel, like a solid minute of the blooper reel is just uh, the actors laughing at Colin O'Donohue. And apparently he just would never break character, but he kept improvising stuff. Uh, in this scene and would not break character and they just could not keep a straight face. And you can see it in Jennifer Morrison's face in this scene. Yeah. You can see her doing like the, like the little, the, the little like purse of her lips to like, you can tell she's about to bust a gut. The whole I, time. I love that for a number of reasons. First of all, I would love the idea that he was going full method and he was just absolutely trashed. Like he was just, <laughs> and that's the reason everything looks so bad. He's been wearing it for 36 hours. <laughs> like it looked nice. Uh, but now it's all like barely hanging on by the bobby pins, uh, because you're right. Like his the belly looks so bad. It looks like they found a wig under someone's mattress, shoved it on his head, and then found like a pillow off a couch and shoved it mm. in his stomach. And they're like, "Here you go," and just go out there. He's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go out and do my worst Jack Sparrow impression, and it's going to be amazing." Um, but I do love the idea that as 
Like, just, like, imagine going to an alternate reality and finding your your beloved husband um, in a different state that is just, you're just going, oh, he would hate this. Like, you're laughing because you know how mad he would be at this version of himself. Yeah. Like, that only you get to enjoy. Um, I don't know what that would be for either of our respective husbands, but I think I would also be laughing of being like, oh, no. <laughs> if he found out that this was happening. <laughs> So get your phone. Get your your camera. Your phone. Click. Yeah. Click. Uh, he. So he. He's just like I will save you, Emma. The there. There's a big hefty reward for you. So he like he gets in a sword fight. It doesn't go very well. Emma whooshes him away because that's a power she has apparently. But oh no. The Hook's, chisel. Hook's big butt broke the chisel. <laughs> <laughs> and this destroys Pinocchio. This is the final straw. He's like, I can't do it anymore. You're on your own. I'll see you later. So he leaves Emma to 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 carve the tree herself. Yeah. Um this this is the part where we were in, we will we will interlude with what happened at the beginning of the episode, which is an an 8-year-old girl next to a burning barrel under an interstate uh burning <laughs> burning a fairy tale book. And a child, another child approaches her and she's just like, hey man, you can't burn the tale of the ugly duckling. These stories are so great and definitely need to be preserved forever. Your warmth doesn't matter. Um, also, let me tell you, this, this, this hit really close to home. A guy trying to like charm you by explaining a book to you, wrong. <laughs> He, he's just like the ugly duckling is a story about an ugly duck who believed in itself so much <laughs> it became a beautiful swan. Young Emma and older Emma both have the same response. Dude, that's not the story. It's <laughs> not at all how that goes. Uh, but young Emma is just like, you know what? You're right. I do need to go turn myself into the police to go get to a better home uh, and and this is how she gets the last name Swan. Cut to Emma trying to chisel the tree. Uh, not working. Nope. But then there's a box with her name on it. Happy birthday to Emma. And there is a wooden swan in it. Which opens up this memory. This repressed memory of being homeless on the street. And Emma's just like, oh my gosh. So she goes to see Pinocchio. Pinocchio's like, I knew you could believe in yourself. And I believe I set you on a path. Yay. Or no, something about that. He talks about, um, I'm confusing the two storylines. He was just like, yeah, like, you know, you're a swan who believes. You used to be an ugly duck. Now you're a beautiful swan. And she's like, what the hell are you talking about? (laughs) And he's like, oh, you're right. I do believe in myself now. And then he he carved a, a, a thing. And... They're like, we can go now. And then Regina shows up with Robin and they're like, okay, we can leave now. So then they leave. That's the, that's literally 20 minutes of the episode. Yeah. And, and what's more, bringing Robin is Emma's idea. Like, which I thought was, which was kind of surprising to me. And I, I have to imagine that literally all the, all the Swan Queen shippers hearts were dashed. They're like, oh no. 
Now Regina's getting her boyfriend back. There's no hope for any of us. No, 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 no. See, this is the part where you need to open, the, uh, widen the scope of your ship and just go, what if they're swingers now? Just be like, mm. Robin, Wish Realm Robin. Hey, man, I saw you from across the room. I really like your vibe. <laughs> Me and my friend Regina here. Uh, and she's and like, Hook. Yeah. And Hook. Yeah. Like, just let's go. Let's go, man. Um, and... <laughs> First of all, I love like emo Regina for like five seconds, and he's she's like, "Why don't you bring Robin with you?" And Regina goes, "I thought about it, but then I realized that everything I love turns to darkness and blackness and awfulness, so I don't want to." And Emma said, "That sucks. Just bring him." And she goes, "Okay." And Robin <laughs> goes, "I absolutely volunteer. I will absolutely come with you," because he starts to hand her. This was cute, but he starts to hand her. He's like, "Listen, while you're gone." I'm going to give you this and hands her a feather. Just like to point out, I would just like to point out he has so many arrows and so many crappy air feathers come off of arrows all the time. This man has a pocket full of these things, but he's like, here you go. She's like, Oh my gosh. It's a sign before you died in the other world. You gave me a, a feather that didn't make it to me. And that I believed went to a better place. And now you're giving me a feather. And again, much like the there's only one tree, there's only one bean. I'm just imagining that man just going, don't say it. Don't tell her you have a pocket full of these things. Just be like, yeah, girl, I've been holding on to this for someone special. Here you go. Uh, and then they all go back to Storybrooke in the most dramatic, weird Doctor Who noise possible. Boom. Like Emma just sort of shows up. Right? But, like, I don't. Yeah, it's like, it feels. I thought the tree was exploding. Yeah, it did. Like, the, at least Regina's did. Regina's exploded and she stepped out. And then she's like, oh no, he didn't come with me. Which would make sense that a figment of all of your imaginations and a ploy by the genie would be not real and you couldn't. Like, this is, this is telling me that uh, Aladdin can just create people. Janet from the Good Place style. Just fully making people out of his brain. Uh, but Robin is there. After a small emo moment, he does arrive. And he's like, hey, girl, let's go smash. And she's like, absolutely. And then they go. And then Emma is just, we'll, we'll, we'll splice it here. Because Emma is then walking down the street having her, like, John Hughes, I made it. Don't you forget about me. Which is interrupted. But we will get to that. We will. In a second. Because Gideon's also here, and he's important, guys. He's very important. So very. their journey starts back at the pawn shop where Gideon is explaining, quote, unquote, explaining <laughs> to Golden Bell, like, you know, what he's been up to. And even though Gold had already explained to Bell that time moves differently, where the Black Fairy took Gideon, she still didn't quite understand that that's what happened. And so left Gideon to explain it to her again. Like, for some reason, the the showrunners just decided to make Belle incredibly stupid. <sighs> and she was so stupid in this whole episode yep. to an insulting degree. Mm-hmm. And and so he's saying, oh, yeah, time moved differently. I aged. I'm 28 now, which is kind of the magic number that all characters in Once Upon a Time hit. <laughs> Child, adult, old person. You're all 28 years old. And then they ask, you know, what did the Black Fairy hurt him? What was she doing? And then we get like a very weird, strangely edited, 
like montage of like the black fairy's face like yelling and then Gideon like behind bars looking real sad and and that just happens a few times with like weird Dutch angles and and then that's like that's all the proof we need it was a hard life for this boy yeah it was real tough he doesn't he doesn't got a lot to go off of but like I love the idea and I know that this isn't true but I do love the idea that he had a normal childhood and like mm. these are just like two moments of misery that he was experiencing the black fairy was like super chill. Like she was actually really chill, but like he he did something and she decided like there here's the boundary, and she's like, listen, I told you you couldn't do this. I love the idea that the black fairy was like gentle parenting him, but then like <laughs> got to the point where she was like, I need you to go over here. It just kind of looks like a cage. I apologize, but like I need you to go over here. Mommy needs a minute. And then like he's in there playing Good Charlotte at like the top of his like that's just like playing. It just why did this happen to me? <laughs> <laughs> And that's where it all began. And yeah, so he says that the Black Fairy tried to, you know, essentially like torment him to turn him evil, but he insists it didn't work. And I'm <laughs> Did like, it buddy. work? <laughs> I'm like, buddy, you showed up in a black cloak with a sword and you turned the evil queen into a snake. Um, the dice is not, the odds are not in your favor right now. I'm also here to fully murder a person. Like, if I were playing Ellie Noir, this will be a bad cop moment. I'm going to doubt the hell out of this statement. Doubt, doubt, doubt. (laughs) (laughs) So then we get what's going on with... So Gold goes to see Gideon, who's just chilling on a bench. And Gold just, like, slaps his son and is like, you're mad at me because I'm a dick, so hit me. And I hate this stupid, weird power trip thing that gold is doing with Gideon. And I don't know what it's supposed to accomplish. This, this makes me, uh, first of all, Balefire made the correct choice by getting out of there because Mm -hmm. this was his future. Uh, Because what gold is doing here is a crazy, like this is a gaslight dad who uh, is mad that his son is taller than him. (laughs) and they're just like he's trying to provoke him into having like a testosterone battle and Gideon's obviously like again he's he's not actually a teenager but they're trying like he's acting like one so which is what is confusing but like this is like a weird like power struggle that gold is initiating like he's already mad at his son and the whole like hit me hit me, you know you want to. Like, that is such a, like, it's emotionally abusive. It's awful. I hated this scene because it it just makes Rumple suck. Like, there's, like, again, I was talking about it earlier. I like the unhinged version of him that he's just cruel because he's, he's, he's just on a different planet. This is a very rooted in reality evil that sucks that I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't vibe with. It is abusive because there is a there is an inherent power imbalance and Rumpel's taking advantage of that because he's saying, yeah, hit me, hit me. But like the moment Gideon does, like Rumpel could kill him and, and he and he knows that. But Gideon has his own plan and Rumpel says he's going to help out because Gideon has this super, like I said, super smart plan uh, that makes absolute sense and it's totally not a thing that the showrunners just made up out of their butts. Because remember how if you kill the Dark One, 
with the dark one's dagger, you become the dark one. Uh-huh. So there is a thing, apparently. If you kill a savior huh. with any weapon, if oh. you kill a savior, uh-huh. you become the savior. Oh, yeah. That's been canon since episode one, Beth. <laughs> yeah. Because what is more heroic than murder? Especially if you... Well, I mean, charming, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, if you kill the dark one and you become the dark one, like, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. But you know what makes more sense? If you murder somebody who's a hero in cold blood, you then become a hero. We found the yeah. answer to the problem. What you need so, to be doing is murdering good people. <laughs> I have to guess. I mean, I don't remember. But if I had to hazard a guess, I would think that maybe the Black Fairy tricked Gideon into thinking this. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah because because yeah. Gideon thinks this is the way to defeat the Black Fairy is to get the Savior's powers. And I feel like the only explanation is that Gideon is a dumbass and the Black Fairy is playing him for a fool. Because otherwise, if this is actually a real thing and you can murder a savior to become a savior, that invalidates pretty much everything that a savior is and stands for. Because I thought a savior was a product of true love and like, well, we've already learned that it's like rough and it's already like a job. It's a job that just exists. I do, I do wish, like, again, instead of this weird, like, testosterone power trip thing that Rumpel is having with his son, I wish it would have been like, no, I will kill her and gain her powers. And then Rumpel did that thing from the old ladies in that, like, I don't remember even, I don't even know what commercial it is, uh, but where she's like, that's not how any of this works. That's not how this goes. No, no, like, you're an idiot. I wish we were got that version of him because that's the version where you're just like, oh, they, this is a dad. Because what Rumple is doing right now is not being a dad. He's being the dark one. And it doesn't make any sense at all. No. So this is where we get the side plot that. Yes. Yes. Okay. Because. While Gold is with Gideon offering to help him kill the savior so that he can, you know, become the savior, Belle is, has a plan of her own. Now, Abby, do you promise me you have not read these on the wiki? Okay, so I don't think so. Okay. You know, all I know from the episode is that she goes to Charming and Hook and she's try- she's like, I have a plan Because I can reason with him because I'm his mom. And I laughed out loud. (laughs) So that is not the plan that we see. Okay. I have to wonder if maybe there was some reshoots or something. uh, Because the thing is, but why would they reshoot the one scene where it actually makes a difference? Alas. So So Belle has her own plan. Okay. And when I tell it to you, you... I, I'm I, I'm dying to know your reaction. So it starts with Belle goes to see Zelina. Okay. Who's, okay. Who's, who was originally in the episode and, and Rebecca Mater is credited in the episode. So she's getting ready to, to bounce. Like she's getting ready to leave for good. Apparently she, she is getting out of Dodge. And Belle shows up and is like, hey, uh, Gold wants you dead and is going to come after you. You can't leave. And then she's like, oh, well, you know, he already tried to do that and he failed. And Belle said, no, the evil queen failed. Rumple won't fail. And now he has my son, Gideon, who's much more powerful. And she's worried that 
Gold is going to take advantage of Gideon to do his dirty work. And so Zelina's like, all right, fine, I'll help you. And they go, uh, the two of them go to the sheriff station where uh, where Charming is. Um, and, oh, and Hook's there too. Because Hook and, Hook and Charming are like bros in this episode, which I kind of loved. Well, Hook is babysitting Charming because, again, Charming <laughs> hasn't slept for 72 hours at this point. <laughs> And right now he's t- he literally telling Snow's sleeping body, "I will not wake you up until I fix this because you're, you you're having time off." I I you are get to, you honey you get to sleep. I will solve this because I'm a man. <laughs> Never mind that you maybe want to see your son and hold your baby. No, I have to fix the problems first. So, this is Belle's plan. Oh my god, I'm so nervous. <laughs> I'm just going to read it from the wiki. Okay. Okay. Belle tells them the plan, which is to break the protection spell on Mr. Gold's cabin, find the shears, and cut away Gideon's destiny to become a savior so he can't hurt anyone. Yeah. So you heard that right. These these scenes were filmed and were deleted. The... This episode had a subplot where Belle was going to cut her son's destiny away from him. And Rumple is the one who stops it. No. <laughs> no. No. Yes. No. It's a thing. It's real. No. It's on the wiki page. It's no. a real thing. That's awful. Isn't I, it? I, I, I. I, I've never, that's awful. I have no words how awful. I'm glad they cut it. Why didn't they cut it deeper to have the weird, like, wishing well scene to stop happening? Yeah. I, Beth, what? (laughs) Who, who, who was like, you know what's great? Let's bring Belle to Rumpel's level. This is literally, she sent the child away she she let she gave birth and the child flew away to keep this from happening and then what is it literally two episodes 12 hours later she's like no way i'm on board oh my god and and rumples the one who gets to fix it so yeah so that is bell's plan zelina also has her own secret plan that she tells david and hook after freezing Belle, because apparently when the evil queen was turned into a snake, there was dark fairy dust on her and Zelina had collected it off screen. So that was a thing that happened. And she's like, I've got I'm this sorry. dark fairy dust. I'm sorry. Yeah. This is also next to a snake and a little blush brush, just like putting it in a little bag, little dustpan, <laughs> little toothbrush. Did you gotta get the I gotta get, collect all of the dust. <laughs> and she's saying she can throw it on Gideon um, to, like, I guess, kill him or freeze him. It's not clear. Maybe it was clear in the episode. So there's also a scene where. There's a whole confrontation at Gold's cabin. They lower the protection spell. Uh, Gold and Gideon are both inside. They have the shears. Belle tries to plead with Gideon to stop what he's doing because she says killing a good person to get what he wants is not the answer. Or, you know, if he does that, he's going to turn out just like his father. 
And Zelina goes, fuck this, tries to throw the fairy dust. Belle freaks out. Uh, and then uh, it doesn't work. And then because uh, he blocks it. And now he's like, now you're all on my shit list. And Gideon bounces. <laughs> <laughs> and then apparently gold is like makes fun of Belle. Like talks down to her and is like, uh, "Looks like you trusted the wrong people because he tr- she trusted Zelina instead of him." I okay, uh, hmm. Okay, so <laughs> first of all, I feel like I miss an entire episode. Yeah, they, this I, is an episode's worth of content. First, I I think there's a version of this that would be salvageable, but damn. Also, based on the amount of stuff that they've cut Rebecca Mater out of. This season, they did her dirty. She oh, worked so her bad. ass off for so many episodes, and they just put her down on the cutting room floor. That's wild. Yeah, Awful. yeah like she, her big fight scene with Regina was cut out, with the Serum Queen was taken away. This whole subplot was taken away where she actually gets to do some shit. But yeah, so like there's a couple big takeaways from these scenes, even though, again, I have not seen them. I'm just reading reading explanations yeah one is that the showrunners were actively trying to bring bell down to rumple's level because that would help justify their end game and they ultimately didn't keep that but they still kept the result which was them coming being end game and her emp- like now she's empathizing with him but we don't know why <laughs> Their whole conversation at the well is just like, man, parenting is tough. Yeah, it is. And then she throws a quarter. Like, none of this makes sense at all. Even with or without those scenes, that still sucks. It does. And then the other thing that is informative here is that it establishes Gideon having a grudge against everybody else. Yeah. Where Whereas we don't have that. It's just Emma kicks his ass and then he punches a clock. And so, so I love I love everything about this. Again, if you conceptualize Gideon as being 28, it falls apart. But if you imagine him being 17, it's way funnier. Because he is just a not funnier. It's funnier when he's 28, but it, it makes more sense if he's 17. That's what I meant. Because his whole thing is he doesn't want his dad to help him. He wants to do it on his own. He has a plan. It's a good plan. He doesn't care how many people tell it's stupid. And then when it fails, he's so mad that his dad said anything. And he's like, nobody look at me. And he disappears. <laughs> he just runs into the shadows. Like, Emo Gideon <coughs> is... Uh, emo Gideon versus Storybrooke. Amazing. Yeah, but I, it's, I don't think it's the actor's fault. It I is not. Like, oh, I want that clear. It's not his fault. Yeah, this is not a... This is not an an actor situation this is a writing situation i feel like this is an actor who could have done something better with better material but we also i also kind of want to give him a little bit more of a benefit of a doubt because i know that he's going to get a redemption as well over the course of the rest of the season so i kind of want to see where that goes and give him a little bit more of an opportunity i don't want to like judge it right away but dear god can we fix his hair i think the answer is no i'm pretty sure he always has the monk cut but dear God, I'm already sick of it. Listen, it's like he's a, he's like an NPC in Baldur's Gate three. It's like no, thank you. Like first of all, did the Black Fairy cut this herself? 
was she was she doing what I was doing during COVID being like, I need to cut my son's hair. I'm going to watch one YouTube tutorial and I'm for sure able to do a fade. I can do it. <laughs> I can go, okay, you do a one and then you do a three and then you just like fade it with the two. Uh, they make it look so easy, guys. It doesn't work. Uh, so I think uh, Black Fairy cut his hair. It's terrible. Put that, put him, put this actor with a better haircut, a better, higher quality cloak. Mm-hmm. I think those two things visually fix a lot of the problems because it it is such a spirit Halloween cloak. It doesn't even look like it fits him. I don't understand. Um... But, like, I, I, I don't think his dialogue's that big of a problem, but we are, like you said, we're missing so much mm-hmm. of his development and knowing him. We barely see him. Even as a yeah. villain, you're not getting enough FaceTime with him to, like, feel one way or the other. Yeah, and, and like, right now I don't care about him, Mm-mm. and nothing that happens in the episode is there to help me care about him. And the stuff that they deleted, maybe it could have helped a little bit, but I still don't think it would have done much. But that doesn't matter because it, we, we get immediately cut to a next time gadget situation because we've spent half a season panicking about this vision Emma's having of being stabbed. And then it's just done. Which, okay. I feel like we were tricked by this before. Or maybe I thought we were being tricked because in Emma's vision, she's in a tank top. So, like, it's all different a little bit. Uh, But I don't know. I don't remember if I was tricked or I thought I was going to be tricked. Because, again, I genuinely forgot about drunk, pot-bellied Hook until this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Which is wild because it was great. Um, Yeah, no, we just get this kind of, like, crap fight. Okay, so this is the Sword of Destiny, uh, amazing sword that then breaks. That looks like the sword that Aragorn was, Aragorn must reforge to become the king. Like, what is this break pattern? <laughs> why did it break on the street? Yeah, and why? Why did it like all it take was just one, one dash of her savior magic to just end him? To just end the fight and end the sword. It was so anticlimactic. And like, you know, we get finally get stunt actors for the first time in forever. And we get them for like 15 seconds before it's done. This was such a disappointment. And when you compare it to shows like Buffy and Angel and Firefly, where you had like fight choreography and, you know, great action, something like this just feels so cheap and so stupid they might as well have just focused the camera on like charming and hooks faces as the fight happened off screen and they're just t- t- like oh emma's got him on the ropes oh no is it the end for emma oh no she, she used her savior magic to save the day hooray and then it's done She's they're commentating it like they're commentating it like NFL commentators. He yeah, go, he goes back. He's going for the, he takes it in. Um, yeah, no, like it was very anticlimactic, and I again we have this problem because they won't just put in extras or anything. 
But if all of this was going down in the street, Storybrooke people are nosy as hell. Mm-hmm. They'd have been out there. You'd have at least seen people, like, hanging out their windows, being like, I got to water my plant. Like, <laughs> they're just like, uh, hello. Because you got, like, what are you going to do? What what else are they doing? They in, in the house watching Wheel of Fortune? No. They're just like, man, I can't wait for something exciting to happen. Something exciting is happening in the street. We're going to go watch that. Where's Rumpy? <laughs> oh, no. Beth, you're done. You're done. Grumpy. Bye, everybody. We'll see you guys next where's, week. <laughs> where's, where's Grumpy to announce Gideon showing up in the street again? Like, Gideon should just be, Grumpy should just be in front with a bell every time Gideon's walking somewhere. I love the idea it's that Gideon, Gideon would. I love the idea that, like, Gideon curses him to do that. Like, you know what I mean? Where he's just mad. He's just, like, running around. He's just, like, in circles. Like, he's here. He's here. Uh, well, yeah. Well, we end with Gideon punching a clock because he's mad. And Emma goes over to uh, August's house. And he's writing a story about Pleasure Island, which I thought was a nice little touch. And she at, and they have a little moment about how he abandoned her, but she's totally cool with it. Cause he I, brought- that question, she, did you know it was me? Be weird if he didn't. She's like, did you know it was me when we told that story? And he was like, absolutely. Girl. She's like, wow, that's so great. And it's like, of course he knew it was you. He's like, I wanted you to know that you deserve to not live on the street. Okay. Was August, this before or after you abandoned her as a baby? But also, August, no one deserves to live on the street. Uh, so let's set our bar. Yeah. Just a higher. bit higher, sir. And then uh, she asks him to write a new chapter in the book for her to help her change her fate. So we'll see if that what what happens with that. August is on the case. I love the idea that, like, he's just in that, like, I've written so much stuff that I've just kind of phoned it in where it's like, okay, well, here's your chapter. And then Emma was super happy and she won the lottery and she's so pretty and yay and awesome and things. And there's just, like, lines where it just says, insert cool thing here, like, in brackets. I mean, why is August doing that and not Henry? That's, like, Henry's whole thing now. Although, didn't he, like... Is he the author anymore or not? I can't he, remember. So he Did he democratize broke, the authorship? <laughs> he broke the pen, which I think he thinks he has ended the line of authors. But I just think there's another author somewhere just stalking these people. <laughs> like just has entered his, their lives and they don't really recognize it, which is what I will choose to believe. It's just, it's just a Snoopy Snoop who's just like, hmm? Yeah, you just see people just like popping out of corners um, because like it's not a job that anyone controls. It is a job that just like keeps like at some point they bureaucratized it. Be like, choose a pen. Ah, yes, you've chosen the correct pen. But in the true spirit, it just jumped from person to person. There used to not be a process for this. Mm-hmm. I believe that the author went back to its roots where it just started jumping from person to person, whether they knew it was happening or not. <laughs> Well, on that note, everybody, that was season six, episode 11, tougher than the rest. Are we tougher? Are we stronger? 
than yesterday. Then who? What are we? What are we measuring ourselves up against, guys? I have so many uh, questions. Is it Bruce Springsteen? Because I'm pretty sure I could take that guy. <laughs> <laughs> this this episode had some elements I really liked. I loved that August came back. I always want to see that actor like. You know, I I always remember him from the Clueless TV show as the Paul Rudd character. Oh my god! And he <laughs> I'm was sorry, you so just hot. Up a weird part of my brain, I didn't right? forget about that show. Right? That's wild. But I never made that connection. Eventually, the Gen Zers or the Alphas are going to discover that, and it's going to be funny. Oh my god, <laughs> that's amazing. Um, and yeah, so I'm glad, you know, he came back for an episode. I'm glad we've been getting these cameos, even though some of them, like Cough Cough Sydney, did not materialize. Like they're definitely gearing up toward their end, their end game, which like I can appreciate if we didn't, I'll, I, if it didn't end the way it did. Um, but I'm also just like, this episode is such a mess because a huge chunk of it is gone and they didn't replace it with something that made sense. Yeah. I, they made, they made a lot of odd choices for this. And so the episode definitely felt like it was missing pages. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just felt like it was shot as an afterthought. Except for Hook. Hook was the only one that showed up ready with his game face on. But, like, everything else just seemed rushed. It seemed like it it was a first draft. It seemed like they were just reading it casually, and then they just took the first cut. It was just a... I, I'm going to say, it was just a bad episode. Like, this mm-hmm. sound... Like, if I showed this episode to a person and be like, you should watch Once Upon a Time, and they saw this episode, I would feel embarrassed. Yeah. About this episode. It, it would be a one where you're like, oh, don't judge it on this one. I'll show you a better one. Literally any other episode. Because, yeah, because this is just, it doesn't seem like it's taking itself seriously. I understand the choices it was trying to make, but I cannot believe that this is what it, it turned into. Like, I I had a couple of spots where I, I did like what was going on, but I just wish it were better. Yeah, so. and I I think the, the final note I'll make is I'm very upset that this episode decided that Belle's trajectory would either be doing the horrible thing that she promised that she swore she would never do uh, that she condemned someone else her ex-husband for doing or just being like I'll talk to him because I'm his mom and I can fix it with love those are the only two things that Belle was given in this episode as options and that just does the character and the actress so dirty. It it does something bad for the character as well because like the option of just don't worry, I'll talk to him. He's my son. It made me laugh as a mom of just being like, don't worry, I can reason with him. I'm his mother. If anyone can't reason with him, it's his mother. There's a certain point. It just, uh, you have become a detriment. Your title is a detriment. But at the same time, realistically, as the character of Belle, this is what she's been doing with Rumpel and failing since mm-hmm. season one. I'll talk to him. He loves me. 
he'll listen to me. No, he loves you. He's not going to listen to you. You hold no power. Like you, just because you are his son. I mean, we went through this whole thing with, with Emma. Emma was given up immediately. And then she comes back. Snow and Charming are, you know, like, oh my gosh, we're so excited for you to call us mom and dad. And she's like, I am not there yet. Because she lived a whole ass life. Like, mm-hmm. and she's not ready to go back into that. And it's the same thing with Belle. Like, she's like, no, he's my son. He'll listen to me. He, you are a stranger to this kid. Yeah. And and none of that ever gets pointed out, which is wild. Yeah. It's, it's very bad writing, and it's very, you can tell it was written by guys, by men writing. Like, it's, oh. it's men writing as a mother. And men writing women as a mother. He'll listen to me. Girl. Girl. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, everyone, we want to thank you for joining us for this latest episode of Once Upon a Timing. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get those podcasts. You can join the Facebook group. That's at facebook.com slash group slash OUA timing. You can also support us on Patreon. We want to thank our patrons for your continued love and support, especially our Swan Queen patrons. Robin might be back, but Swan Queen is always in fashion. This week's Swan Queen level Patreon shout out goes to Cecile Jenny. Thank you so much, Cecile. And if you want to become one of our Swan Queens too, just head to patreon.com slash OUA timing. We're going to be, oh. I was going to say, just so you guys know, uh, with the holidays and it was crazy and I moved and we did a bunch of other stuff. So we were, we were a little slacking on our Patreon and our book club, but we are getting back. Book club we is are, coming back. Book club is coming back. We are getting back to Red's untold story. We are telling mm-hmm. Red's story. Uh, we are going to finish it and we will have those. Um, those will be free. Yes. Because we started that with everybody during the strike. Mm-hmm. They will be free on our Patreon, so head to patreon.com slash OUA timing to, um, by the time this goes up, uh, the next episode of the, uh, will already be up, so go make sure to go check it out, and uh, we'll be back next time with season six, episode 11, a murder most foul. Who's, who's the murder? Oh, King, King. King George, King George is back. Archie's back. August is back. This is a this this is gonna this is gonna be one. The we'll farewell tour is in full swing. <laughs> Thanks everyone for joining us, and Abby. We'll see you next week. See you next week. <laughs>